another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Indeed. How you doing, Nesbitt? Good. How's tricks? Huh? How's tricks? Tricks. What are you talking about? Never heard that before? No. Uh, we always say in New Flight, we say, what are you at? So how's I've tricks? never heard this house tricks before. Never? Never. Oh my God. I thought I said it all the time. We're uh, going to do Death on the Road today. Death on the Road. So the same way we did Live After Death, mm. we're going to do like the DVD and the album. Just kind of do it all in one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you got the uh, vinyl here and the uh, the DVD. I have the CD upstairs too. Oh, wow. Mailed it in today. To bring it down. We're uh, in my basement again. In the Maiden studio. <laughs> I know. So Death on the Road. Yeah. CD, LP, and DVD release. August 29th, 2005, the audio mm. album came out. February 6th, 2006, the video came out. Okay. It's uh, recorded at the Weston Fallen Hall Arena in Dortmund, Germany, November 24th, 2003, on the Dance of Death World Tour. Nice. So that'd be pretty cool to get into this one. Uh, when we get into it, I have some criticisms, but like to go from live after death, which is what we did not very long ago. Yeah. Less than 10 episodes ago. That's right. I think. I can't remember. It's all a blur. <laughs> yeah. To go to this one, the set list are very different. It's a very different uh, style of video. So it's kind of uh, cool. Yeah. Oh, excellent set list. Yeah. And different. And I, I found the timing of doing this really good. I think a couple episodes ago you were talking. What was it we did? I don't know. Anyway, you referenced a bunch of Dance of De- Death uh, tracks. And I was right. like, why did you plug those in? And you were like, oh, yeah, I'm prepping for this. Right, yeah, because I've been watching yeah. this video for a few weeks and listening to this. Yeah, and I realized it was a good wake-up for me because I realized, and when we get into the track list, you know, some great tunes. Yeah. We did the Dance of Death album a long time ago. Oh, years ago. Like it seems like in, years ago. Back in 19... 19- and to kind of get back into some of those Dance of Death tracks now, yeah. In live versions, I'm like, oh yeah, these were great songs. Yeah, some of them are better live. So before we get into it, yes, oh beer. Let's get into the beer. Oh, we're we're drinking a beer today, are we? Yeah. Mm. Not like the Diano one where no. we uh, had to like dr- <laughs> <laughs> have multiple beers to get through it. Yeah. This one is going to be a pleasure to do. A both pleasure. <laughs> so the Muskoka Mad Tom IPA. Yeah, I feel like you're mailing this one in. I feel like we've done this. We haven't. Eh? I checked the website. Ironmaiden.com/slash/beers. Yeah. Um, and I actually checked because it seems to me that this would have been a beer that we did because this is one of our like go-to beers that we always have, but we've never done it on the podcast. Really? Yeah. Like every time we go to the cabin, we always have this. This was like we a have staple done... of my beer fridge for. So this is a well-known now. beer. It's a Muskoka beer. So yeah, it's well known. It's Ontario. Yeah. But we've done the Com Tom. The Com Tom, which is the this, Newfoundland, which is brewery. the play on the Mad Tom. That's right. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. we have done the knockoff sister. Beer. Right, yeah. But uh, this is this is no surprise. Also, we've had many, many, many of these. Over Should the we hit it? So, yeah. Let me play the clip first. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Let's do it. Synchronized opening. Three, two. Oh That's wow! That's not bad. Timed. <laughs> Wonder if people like listen to this. You know, yeah. when they're at work and they just get like super thirsty when they hear us pouring these beers into the glasses. Do you know what? Multiple times I'm working now and it's lunch and I'm like, oh, I'd love a beer. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, not till three o'clock. But delicious as usual. Mm. I know this beer well. I love this beer. Yep. So that's the Mad Tom IPA from Muskoka Brewery. Yeah. 
Um, the podcast yeah. of the yeast. The podcast of the yeast. No, I love hops. I remember they had a uh, Robinson Brewery had something on their Twitter saying, like, what would be other Iron Ma- good Iron Maiden names for Iron Maiden beers? Yes. And I tweeted back, uh, Stout of the Silent Planet. <sighs> nice. And then I also said Number of the Yeast, but I think, like, someone had already said Number of the Yeast. But uh. Stout, Stout of the Silent Planet I thought was a good one. So Death on the Road. Okay, they're on the Dance of Death World Tour. So I kind of mentioned it before the beer. Uh, recorded in Dortmund, Germany, November 24th, 2003, on the Dance of Death World Tour. Dance of Death World Tour had 55 scheduled shows. They played 53. I think Bruce had laryngitis. was like an issue. And there was one New York show cut short because a fan spilled beer on the soundboard. Wow. Can you imagine being at like a maiden show and someone like dumps a beer on the soundboard and they're like, that's it. All right, that's it. going off early. So this concert video... Edited by Steve Harris. Well, the audio came out 2005. The video came out 2006. And then there's almost a year delay before the video comes out in North America because there was a manufacturing issue with the North American version of the DVD. Okay. And the vinyl, did they release the vinyl at the time or did it come out since? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have, I don't know why I printed this up, but I have, this is the press release that they released it's them explaining what was wrong with the DVD. Yeah. But it's like a page here. So I'm not going to read all this. You don't have boring. the video of the press conference. <laughs> no. Live There's no live. press conference. They just released this on ironmaiden.com. Uh, it says we have the authoring house, the encoding facility, manufacturing plant in Holland, and a standalone QC facility looking into the issue so we can work out how to rectify it. Blah, 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 blah. Eventually, they figured it out. It came out in North America. I bought it. <laughs> My copy works fine. Cutting edge journalism by <laughs> yeah. Nesbitt. This is like a 300 word <laughs> press release. So that's why I'm like skipping over most of it. Oh my God. It's a three DVD set. So there's two separate discs of the concert. One has a stereo soundtrack and the other has a 5.1 surround sound mix by Kevin Caveman Shirley. So I'm actually just going to open up the DVD here and show you. Mm. I know this is a great pod. <laughs> yeah. When I'm like showing things to Josh and you guys can listen to it. But you see here, there's the two DVDs. Mm. They're the exact same thing, but with different sound. One's 5.1, one's stereo. And the third disc is a bonus disc. It has a Death on the Road documentary, Life on the Road documentary, interviews with fans. There's promo videos and there's like artwork and galleries and stuff like that. So nice. it's, a, it's a pretty good value. You're basically getting two copies of the concert, and a ton of bonus features. Nice. And uh, it's really well done. And before we get into the tracks, this cover art, I think, is awesome. Yeah, I like it. It's a bit cartoony and simple, but relative to the actual album cover, right? Oh, compared to Dance of Death. Yeah. Oh, I wish this was the cover for Dance of Death. Oh, my God, this would be so much better. I know. And there's a little subtle thing subtle thing every time I look at this that I see. Which is what? what? What do you think it is? The eyeball in one exactly. of the skulls. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, does that pop out to you It too? does kind of pop out, yeah. Yeah, every time, like, there's there's three skulls. So it's a Reaper Eddie. Yeah. And he's, like, riding a carriage and, like, whipping these two, like, demon horses. But it's, I think it's really well done. It's Melvin Grant, the same guy that did uh, Fear the Dark and a bunch of other stuff. I would love to have a print of this one on the walls. Like, without the... If you could get a big print of this with no Maiden logo. Yeah. Just the Eddie. But it's not the same without the computerized baby. On the cover, oh, on of, the cover of Dance of Death. Death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the oh, computerized baby or something. I wonder if anywhere anyone has the Dance of Death like album cover on their I wall. Don't know. 
<laughs> but this one's solid. This one's a very like yeah, well done. The color scheme is cool. But I think this is one of the best live album tracks. It doesn't compare to Live After Death. Was it's really good. Yeah, and it's funny because this kind of kicked off a you know a period of excellent live discs to follow and now except yeah, Matter Life and Death. I guess they didn't really have a dedicated disc for that, did they? Yeah. No, they should have. I ah. really, really wish that they had released a live but they did album, that. especially a DVD and a live album of that tour where they did the whole live after, Matter of Life and Death But that would be too album. like the studio album, studio album, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, but who cares? It would be mm. awesome. I would love to watch that. I actually have yeah. a bootleg of it upstairs, a bootleg DVD I got off eBay. You do. We yeah. actually watched that once. It's yeah, a Montreal did, yeah. concert, of the, and they're doing that whole album. And I've got some really high-quality bootlegs. Yeah. You and, gave me that, too. Uh, I borrowed that for yeah. a while. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah. So they, you know, obviously I have a feeling that Maiden has soundboard recordings of like every show. Of course. And they, you know how they have the big screens. Mm. So there's clearly cameras recording every concert. So I don't understand why they don't put one together. Because that's one concert I would love to. I love that album. Uh. But Dance to Death, Dance to Death album's a good album. And we get a concert video of that. It, it looks cool on the video too. The, the stage yeah. setup for Dance to Death is kind of cool. It's almost like a castle theme. Yeah. With these two like big Reaper eddies as like statues on the sides. And it has those stars from the Dance of Death cover. You know, yeah. those eight I think they're eight pointed stars all over the place. Nico's drums has it. And he has one of those masked women from inside the album. One of like a face of one of them is on his drum on his bass drum. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like it kinda simple. It feels underwhelming. Like the maiden has this thing, which yeah. is like Nico in his little box. Yeah. And then the back, the walk, the U-shaped walkway that goes around the back and out to the sides. Yeah. And then in the front, there's a little bit of these two little little small ramps that kind of go out a bit. Yeah. And they basically just like skin it out. And that's, you know, and the backdrops come down. I mean, they have changed it. Final Frontier changed it a bit, but it's a lot, that's kind of their go-to. I like the whole like, kind of castle stone feel. It works pretty good with the lighting and stuff during the concert. Yeah, I guess I felt a little underwhelmed. I guess also because I'm watching it rather than, you know, experiencing it and uh, in person. Well, I don't know. I just found and it also, you know, I assume I watched the, the same version of the of the concert as you did. Yeah. Um, but, um, because I, I watched a lot of it also online, right? Yeah. And, um, but it seemed like zoomed in and I didn't get the grand feel. I don't yeah. know if you found that. Yeah. There's shots of yeah. it. That's something when we get into the actual going through the tracks. Yeah. I'll talk about the, like the production and the way it's shot. Um, yeah. well, let's get into it. So I'm going to go through the track listing first and then we'll get into, go, go through them track by track. Yeah. But as a general comment first, yeah. the, the album features really strongly in this playlist. Right, yeah, well, the set list is Wildest Dreams, Wrathchild, Can I Play With Madness, The Trooper, Dance of Death, Rainmaker, Brave New World, Passchendaele, Lord of the Flies, No More Lies, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, and then Journeyman, Number of the Beast, and Run of the Hills. So you have yeah. Wildest Dreams, Dance of Death, Rainmaker, Passchendaele, No More Lies, and Journeyman. You know, and this is this is one of those statements you make where you immediately get contradicted, but I can't think off hand. Very often, at least, I can't think of an example, where an album track is in the encore, right? It's like usually they, they you know, yeah. or at least in the recent tours. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, I, you, when you go back, when the, when the sound oh, yeah, is yeah. really smaller. Yeah. But I mean, in recent years, like yeah. usually they play Iron Maiden and yeah, three classics true. and they want yeah. it out. 
Journeyman. I mean, Journeyman kind of really fits in there though because it's it does a bit different of a track, which we'll get into. And I love that song. <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but I love it. Well, let's just get right into it. Yeah, go get. Yeah. Wildest Dreams, a great start to this out. This this slide disc. So this is an awesome concert opener, mm. and people talk about like Rainmaker or Wildest Dreams, which would have been a better opener. They're both good, fast rockers. Yeah. Wildest Dreams, I think it works really well as an opener. Mm. Like, just listen to the way this song kicks in. That would get me like going crazy if they broke into that at the yeah. show as an opener. And also, I love like uh, it's it's easy to think about it beforehand, but now I love where Rainmaker is on the. Yeah, on me the too. I like it being set in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's awesome. Yeah. And Bruce I, sounds yeah. awesome too on this song and like all the way through. Like Bruce is just nailing it, right? Deadly. And you know, as soon as I listen to it, it kicks off like you're right in the album. You know, there's something really important about starting a tour set list heavy with the album. Otherwise, you yeah. just, you know, what are you going to wait until you get in the middle and get into yeah. it? I really but, like that they do the album tour, hits tour, album tour, hits tour kind of thing mm, going on. Oh, they do, yeah. Just like, especially if you're seeing them, if you're going to see them, you know, yeah, pretty much every tour. I don't know. And they also make the tour so uh, album heavy. And then generally they, they more or less drop all the album yeah, tracks. Yeah, they might the, keep one, but yeah. they, yeah. I love that. So, But it's cool when there's a new album coming out. You get into it. You're really into the album. Mm. Then you see the tour, and it's like visually that album theme, and they really hit you with those songs. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, one thing I got to say about this. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Wildest Dreams kicks off on the concert yeah. video. You get like your first taste of what you're in for with like the super fast cuts. So I find this kind of annoying. It doesn't really ruin the show or anything, but like the cuts and the editing is so fast, you can barely get a chance to realize what you're looking at. And by the time you realize what you're looking at, it's like two or three more things already. It's kind of like disorienting. And that's my number one complaint with this DVD. The editing is at like seizure-inducing speed. If someone's playing a guitar solo, can we just like see the person playing a guitar solo? So this was, like, bothering me so much. I actually have some stats here. I got a paper and a pencil and watched Wildest Dreams. So for Adrian Solo, it goes from 327 to 347. So there's a 20-second solo by Adrian in the song. Yep. I'm going to play the solo right now just so you can get it. This is how long Adrian Solo is. So in the 20 seconds that he plays that solo, there's 32 cuts. And wow. yeah, that's how fast it's cut. So I actually went back and did this whole song. The whole song starts at a minute and 11 and ends at 502. 
Mm-hmm. So three minutes and 51 seconds long. There's 304 camera cuts while they're playing Wildest Dreams. 304. 304 edits. You know, this is where I got to come clean. So when you watch a when you watch a concert disc, do you put it in and sit back and like look at it? Yeah. Like I find I, I'm listening and I'm like looking all over the place or I might be on my phone or if I'm at work, like a lot of times I'm But are you monitors. like that with this one or all concerts? Because most live of, after death, this, it's not like this. Yeah. But most, this one, I'm just like, holy crap, I can hardly figure out what's going on. Like it's most of them overwhelming. As a, as a matter of fact, what I've found I've been doing lately is when I watch a concert disc, so this is hands in the air, busted. I could lie to you. But I, I watch like certain vocal points. I watch all the solos. I like to go back and see who's doing what, and like anything interesting in between, and like it just draws me back because, or or anywhere it differentiates significantly from the studio, it just pulls me back. Or I also I wait and look for the transitions. I look for like the fourth track. I look for the title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look for the Eddie. Yeah. And then and then like I I just those are the visual things. Like the rest of it, I I I don't know if I'm turned into a millennial. Like I can't sit there <laughs> and watch someone just play like guitar. Like I can listen to it all day long. So I watched this video yeah. twice through. You can just ready sit for this. There? Man. I got the kids to bed. Wow. And my wife was gone to bed. I would fall asleep. I pulled a chair up in front of the TV. Yeah. And like cranked it up and turned off all the lights and just like watched it. No way. Yeah, that's how I watch concert videos. That's awesome. <laughs> uh. But this one is so the cuts. So I don't want to get complaining about the editing on the song because I could get into this on every single song. Mm. So I'm just going to like get it out of the. So I'm going to mention it yeah. here on the first one just so yeah. I'm not harping on this all the time. But it's the whole DVD. I'm not sure if it gets a little less intense towards the end or if you just get used to it. Yeah. But it's really kind of ridiculous how many cuts and, you know, and I think they're trying to capture the intensity and energy of the show. Mm. But like when I go to a live show, I don't just like look, my eyes aren't just darting all over the place. You're, no. You know what I mean? Not unless you've been hanging out with Paul Diano beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, uh, like, did you, you watch this on your big screen and I watched it on my computer. Okay. I found it dark, kind of like. It is dark. Yeah. It yeah. is filmed kind of dark. I think yeah. the lighting for the show is kind of dark, but I don't know. I think it works out. But right. I think that's why I didn't notice the flicker that bad. Okay. Oh, because you're all watching on your computer? Maybe. Yeah. Because to me, it was like overwhelming. Really? But I'm not going to bring this up on every song. But. No, fair enough. So, you know what they should do is like on the DVD, on the menu, you should be able to play two different versions. The Steve Harris edit version. And there should be like an option that says like middle-aged dude and you click on <laughs> middle-aged it. Middle-aged dude version. And it's like... A quarter as fast. The top. So like every four or five seconds, it changes camera angle. I yeah. can handle that. <laughs> when, it, when it's Steve Harris, the volume goes up to 11. <laughs> but when it's middle-aged, the volume only goes up to four. It's the same scale, but... It's not the volume, it's the speed of the and the intensity. Same thing. Too intense it's for me. Dead. So I think pretty much everyone who watches this video mm. would probably uh, notice that now if you watch it. How f- It's just crazy. Well, I told you 304 cuts, camera cuts in one song. It's kind of nuts. So I got that out of my system. I'm yes. not going to complain about it no, anymore. Good. But I just Fair. wanted to say that Fair during take. the first track. Fair take. But uh, next track is Wrath Child. Yeah, so they must have played this a million times at this yeah. stage. And this so is, people yeah. always complain about Wrath Child in the set yeah. list all the time. They're like, oh, no, we get Wrath Child again. It's probably the number one complained about track. Really? For Maiden playing live. Can't yeah. believe that. But it kicks ass. And after Wildest Dreams, the bass kicks in. I think it's a yeah. really great transition because you're like b- blasting them the brand new song, 
And then just listen to the way that song, like listen to the way this bass comes in. Imagine you're at the concert and Wildest Dreams ends, and then you hear this. minutes three minutes four minutes like even with breaks like what are you worried about like why do people get frustrated i don't know but if you go on forums people are always like oh they're gonna drop that and put Rothschild in yeah. and they're gonna, well whatever. one thing i've noticed from doing the facebook stuff is like it's whatever you read because i've i've heard people that you know this is the worst album this is the best like oh yeah and people tend know. i think they're way way more vocal when they're complaining yeah. And they're not very vocal when they actually just, if they enjoy something, they're just content and like yeah. have quiet. So that's observation bias. Yeah. Yeah. I think people love to like trash things online. That's like a thing, right? Yeah. Wildest Dreams and then this kicked in. Like yeah. I got to say. I love Adrian when yeah. he bends those intro notes. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. And Dave's solo on this one. Check this out. I love it. This is a great example of how, like, a live version crushes an album version. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I have no complaints about this. I think it's great. Yeah, I love it. I love it, too. And, um, yeah, no, it's just a great start. And it's a little bit of a different set list, too, right? Yeah, it's, the right... it's a cool set list, I yeah. think. And then they go right from that into Can I Play With Madness. One of my favorite tracks. So this is the first time they played it since 1992. Yeah. And this is recorded 2003. So it's been 11 years since they played this. And they yes. whip it out on this set list. And I love, love, love the vocal harmonies live when they play it yeah. live. Can I play with it sounds a little different to me. Like I, I like it, it sounds really yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, but I love it. Yeah, it mean, sounds great. One of my favorite tunes, of course. Can I yeah. play with madness? I love it too. Well, is, we use yeah. it as the theme song for the intro yeah. to the podcast. Exactly, and um, I. Uh, to me, it sums up. It's it's probably my top ten maiden. You know that should be a contest. Name Josh top ten because <laughs> people can listen and you know Icarus would be in there. Uh, you know, Evil That Men Do and Hallowed. And well, when we finish all know, the studio we albums, should, we're gonna yeah. do a lot of top albums, like oh, ranking the albums, too. picking our top songs. Yes. Yeah. But this one, remember what I always say: this is my favorite for the theme, right? Yeah, you it know, fits into like, Seventh Son really well. It's yeah. pretty cool. I play this one for like my nephews and like get them singing along. Oh, yeah. It's like so great, right? Your I love burn. the song, and I love hearing it live. And like you said, it does sound kind of different. Hmm. One thing is the three guitars really work for this one live. Yeah. Like especially where on the album it sounds so like layered and produced and full. Like they can really really pull it off now when they play it live. Hmm. Like. You know, I never even thought about yeah, that aspect of it. it sounds awesome. Like, listen to yeah. how, how full these guitars sound. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a yeah. I never. It just sounds cool. I wasn't even paying attention. I was just like some of the tunes, some of the I guess I don't know the synth or whatever it is. Yeah, is different, and I felt I I never even re- reflected on the fact that there was an extra guitar this time. Yeah. Mm. Well, this is where it comes in handy, right, with stuff like this. Yeah, it sounds cool, and I love the backdrop comes down in the video. Yeah, and it's the you know the can I play with Madness Eddie with like the yeah. head with the spoon. Yeah, that's right. Which is one of my all-time favorite, like, Eddies. It's pretty cool. That album had so many great uh, Eddies in it. Yeah. You know? Well, and when we did the seventh song. as well. It was oh. like the cover in all the singles. Yes. Were just awesome. And the way it all fits together with the blue backgrounds and everything. Oh, there's a graphic online. I got to, I, I, I got to, did I share it on Facebook? I'm going to. Okay. I've got it saved as this video. It's a cartoon intro that's used as seven oh i've seen that that's like the uh yeah. it's from the can i play with madness video and it's like it, an animation of eddie with the is it can i play with madness and he pulls, pulls sure. his stomach out and holds it out is that the one i'm not sure okay. offhand i yeah. i i saved it now, it's from is, the can i play with madness yeah this video. is a while ago yeah. like a couple of weeks back but i paused it and saved it and i was going to show you on the podcast anyway that's coming up okay well, that's cool yeah, we'll save it but it's a real like 80s cartoon yeah yeah, yeah i know the exact one you're talking about yeah cool. you probably know it yeah so then, can You're I play? Like, I've got a cell from the original animation <laughs> that drew this, but I I've only have one of the cells. <laughs> anyway, go on, nerd. They go from "Can I Play with Madness" into the Trooper. Ooh, this is my first disappointment. Really? Yes. Because I think this is great. So your opening songs are yes. "Wildest Dreams," "Wrathchild," "Can I Play with Madness," yes. and "The Trooper." Man, and it's like yes. an onslaught. You get like a brand new song. Yes. Paul era song. Yeah. Seventh Son song, which I kind of bring back after eleven years, yeah. and then they hit with a classic. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. And they even do the Trooper awesome. Yeah. Here's my problem. It's good variety, I think. Like, what does he do? He runs, he doesn't go off and get on, like, the backdrop doesn't change like it does now. Like, he doesn't do, the Trooper doesn't feel as... Yeah, I can, I totally see they, what you're saying. They've, yeah. they've, like, just taken it to a new level. You realize how good it is now. Although I will, t- I will say one thing. He goes off and he actually gets the Union Jack. Yeah, and around. that's true. Now, I was super triggered. And I got upset, and I wrote a letter, and I mailed it to no one. But I'll tell you, like when he came back with that Union Jack, I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah. But he didn't have the. He, yeah, he didn't have the the what is it, red coat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have that, and he didn't have the backdrop. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I, yeah. It's not I don't like it. It's awesome. They nail it. It's deadly. Yeah. The solos are great. They do nail it, but it's pretty yeah. standard. Yeah. But like it, standardly it, awesome. Like they always nail the song. The trooper always fits in a yeah. four or five. And when they put it in, now they've got it so highlighted. It's like a second title track, second Eddie, third Eddie, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it just stands out. And this one, what hit me, I was like, oh, they've really upgraded it now. It's almost like they kind of took this song and in the time since then till now. Yes. They've kind of made it a signature song. Yes. Kind of treating it more special in concert. Yeah. yeah. But it was always in there. It's always been the end. Yeah, and it always has but, been, but it's almost like they kind of realized it. Solid version. Dave Murray puts a ton of energy. I think he really, it's like he leans right into playing the solo. Yeah. So he really plays this one with a lot of intensity.
I don't know. I love these classic songs live. People get tired of them. I don't get tired of the Trooper. No. The album version, maybe I get a little sick of. But, like, I'll never get sick of seeing this live. And Bruce with the Union Jack. Oh, man. Never get sick of that. The only problem is, is, like, when you see him now without the red coat, it's like... Yeah. It's just not the same. That said... And we saw him in the Legacy of the Beast. I remember he didn't have the Union Jack. No, he had the other one, but he had the the get-up. But he, he, he wanted, like... Oh, God. Switch it up to a Legacy of the Beast yeah. logo flag. Wouldn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> but uh, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's it's an actual song about war. And you yeah. got a guy's like afraid of like, you know, you're worried about someone getting slightly upset. You know, know, like you're sitting there and like you're singing a song about so looking up the, and you're dying. What's and the you're contra- like, wait now, what's, what flag are you using? But what's the controversy about waving the Union Jack? Uh, some people are... The colonial. Some people are wieners and they have... They have those they have should, way like, too much time on yeah. their hands, so they spend their whole life looking for things to get offended with. Those people should suck it up and grow a backbone yeah, and like, get over it because waving the Union Jack during the Trooper is like Jesus Christ, part of the Trooper. And if you I, don't like it, like, I'm an Irish Newfoundlander, but I, I get it. It's like, and I get it, but like that, you know, like I'm not gonna do it because it's like some yeah political thing. Like get God. over yourself. Guy. I always say I hate politics mixed with my music. Ugh, I hate. I don't hate politics. Like, <laughs> God, nonsense. You know? Next song, dance to death. Oh, <laughs> yes. Now this. Oh, okay. What is so, the mask? So Bruce. Yes. Okay, let's just, just start with the track. So Bruce does this intro and he's like, "Welcome to the dance of death." Yes. And I think that might be a recording. I'm not sure if he's saying that off stage or if it's a recording. He might be off stage, like changing into his red velvet cape <laughs> and double mask. <laughs> double mask. So they play this thing. There are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, which is a clip from Hamlet. There are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. And then, yeah, like, to me, this is the only song that kind of leaves me wondering if I should hit skip on the album. And he comes out, yeah, he had the mask on. Mm. Then he takes the mask off, and it's like, surprise, I have another mask on under my mask. I it's know, the double stupid. mask. Right? It's one of my, everyone knows. But I don't... you've already seen his face before. <laughs> like, you know it's <laughs> Bruce. Who is this guy? It's, it's like, wait time. now, wait now. <laughs> What's going on here? Everyone who listens to the podcast knows this is one of my least favorite Maiden songs. The Irish jig part. Yeah. Just drives me crazy. I don't love the dance. I danced and I pranced part. This part. He did nail that, though. He <laughs> leaned into it. But every time I watch it, I'm like... This song, like, verges on Spinal Tap parody. And I remember we played a mashup of, like, Spinal Tap and Dance of Death back when we did the Dance of Death album. I don't know. And then this song, I find I like it even less. Because he goes and he changes into this long black hooded cape. And then he comes out and he just, like, spins around during this, like, jiggy part. Yeah, it's stupid. And there's tons of keyboards on here which is Michael Kenny, I guess, playing off stage. I don't know why they don't bring him out. 
mm-hmm. on the song because they could put a mask on him and have him out. Like when they did Seventh Son, he used to play, you know, they'd bring him out and you could see him. Like, can we see Michael Kenny? I don't know. Yep. I love Adrian Solo on this. Dave Solo's great. The guitar harmony part, this part. dancing and the prancing and now he's got like the spinning and twirling and twirling and twirling around and around and I'm just like oh god I just, what is Maiden doing don't like you're, this is not what this is not what Maiden is to me I just picture like Kennedy's misses and like their little little son in the audience they're like that's daddy playing where is he I can't see him he's off the side there is he I don't know it's him playing no it's him playing he's over there behind that curtain like just <laughs> let him peek out like let him get a little wave in it's weird because he plays so much a part of like the Maiden sound now, especially with like Book yeah. of Souls and stuff. He's almost like an uncredited. Well, he's credited on the album, but he's almost like this like behind the scenes member of Maiden that you don't get to see. I and I kind of wish that Michael Kenny could like, I don't know. I just like to put him, him out drunk. on stage on the side somewhere. Like get Pearl Jam drunk. got a Pearl Jam got a keyboard player, and they just this guy Boomer Gaspar. Yeah. And they just stuck him on the side of the stage with the give, give him a few less percent, put him in the band, doesn't matter. Yeah, I think part of it is that it's... Michael Kenny is the bass tech for Steve Harris. And that's his primary job. So I don't think he could be out on stage playing keyboards and then like halfway through a song be like, oh, I gotta go change the bass string. You know what I mean? Next song. Next song. <laughs> Moving right along. I don't mean to crap on Dance of Death so much, but like I really don't like it. And live... Yeah. With the visuals of Bruce in the cape spinning and spinning, it just, yeah, it's not good. I don't know. I don't like it. But Rainmaker. But wow. Rainmaker Love is it. awesome. And Love this it. is, I think, buried perfectly into the set list. Yeah, so whose song is this? Um, um, on the album here, it says Rainmaker, Dave Murray, Steve Harris, Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. And it, it's, yes. It, it kind of sounds like a Murray yeah. written riff to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, it. And that's what I was thinking. And I was like, how did Bruce get in on this, you know? They probably came with the lyrics. Yeah, perhaps. And Steve's just like, no, nah, I got to be in for <laughs> <laughs> Well, he probably took it and, like, yeah. arranged it to I make bought, it a Maiden song. I bought the beer when you guys were talking about it. <laughs> but I love this song live. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Like, this song is just awesome. <laughs> It just comes across well, I think. The guitar solos are awesome. Dave makes some awesome guitar player faces. And one thing that's in the song that I think is hilarious is Josh can see me, but like you guys can't see me, but you'll have to picture what I'm talking about. And it's like this thing that Yannick does where he's like playing guitar and then he's doing things with his left hand on the fretboard. And with his right hand, he's like acts like he's like casting a spell. 
on his other on the front, on the guitar. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I just find that funny. And Yannick does it in the song. I think it's pretty cool. Actually, we get a kick out of it. Yeah. Anyway, Rainmaker. Yeah. Yeah. And then after That's Rainmaker, so we just did Rainmaker. Yeah. Brave New World. It, it's the only track, isn't it, from the album and the from Brave New World, right. isn't it? Yeah. And which is which, the album before this one? Which surprises me that they. But it's not that unusual because Maiden usually they do the album hits, yeah. and then when they do the next tour, they kind of drop. Like they already did the Rock and Rio set list, but and I, they usually only yeah. keep one song. Right? Jeez, but I'd have to say like, or Wicker, two. Wicker Man would be some good here. Yeah, you know? Wicker Man's awesome. Uh, Rainmaker and Wicker Man would be like a one-two yes. punch of awesomeness. Oh man, I'd be dizzy with. But Brave New World, I wish they would bring this back to the set list. Yes. I like it more than Blood Brothers. Although, to be honest, being at a Maiden, okay, on the album, I like it a lot it's more like than Betty Blood and Brothers. Veronica. Depends on your mood. <laughs> That's true. But at a Maiden concert, when there's like yeah. thousands of other Maiden fans around, yes, Blood Brothers is kind of a has a special oh, yeah. impact. There's a bond there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're both like total sing-alongs. Like uh, the crowd goes nuts for it. You know when Maiden writes these parts mm. that they know that the audience is going to sing along. Like, listen to the audience during this part. Visually, the song is cool, too, because the ending, all the guitar players, including, like, Steve Harris, they're all kind of, like, posed around the middle of the stage in different poses playing together. Yeah. That's kind of like a classic Maiden moment. That's pretty cool. And live set lists are so good when you look at them, right? It's not like an album at <laughs> I know. all, right? Like, because even now we're wrapping this up. I'm like, oh. Well, you're getting up. these songs yeah. and you're, like, taking these songs from different albums and, like, putting yeah. them in different combinations where they have different impacts. So good. And it's kind of cool, like... I just cannot imagine. Like when we finish all these albums, we should do one where we design our dream set list. Impossible. Uh, yeah, but it'd be fun to come up with one. Just because putting a song as an opener is very different from bearing it a couple in. Mm. And it's very different from like closing the main set. It's very different from putting the same song opening a encore. And different combinations. Like you come out of a song and then go into like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just fun to combine them in different ways. So when you get these live set lists come out, and when you see what the set list is, like Legacy of the Beast set list is not just amazing because of the songs they pick. It's the way they flow is really cool. Yes. With the sets of the different, you know what I mean? Uh, de- definitely. And if yeah. you took Legacy of the Beast and you shuffled those songs around, it would be a oh, different concert. Oh, it sense. No, no, no. Yeah. But then after that song, to get back to this album... To me, I think this is the centerpiece of the entire album, Passchendaele. Yes. The next two songs for me are the highlight, but this one particularly. So this is one of Adrian's best songs. It's like a Smith-Harris composition. So in the video, the stadium goes black, and you just hear battlefield sound effects, and these soldiers come on stage. They're dressed like World War I soldiers, and they set up all the barbed wire, and there's like strobe lights and explosions going off. It's a really cool way to transition the stage set. Rather than just go, you know, drop a curtain or go black and have them change it. Like, they, you can see the guys setting it up, but they're all, it, it's just cool. And you're yeah. like, here it comes, right? 
And then Bruce intros with Anthem for a Doomed Youth by Wilfred Owen, which is a poem. I'll play it now. What passing bells for these who die as cattle? Only the monstrous anger of the guns. Only the stuttering rifles' rapid rattle. No mockeries for them from prayers or bells. Nor any voice of mourning save the choirs. The shrill, demented choirs of wailing shells. So, and then they get into the song. I always love the song, and live, it's even better, mm. right? And it kicks in. You see, Bruce has a World War One uniform on. The whole stage is like a World War One battleground with barbed wire and tons of smoke, a huge like war yeah. backdrop. And the other thing is, they have this castle setting for like their stage, and it kind of looks like a medieval castle or whatever. But then when they put all the, it really also really works when they put all the barbed wire and smoke around. Yes. Like the stone with the barbed wire and stuff. It really fits. It just looks very World War One. It's yeah. very cool. It's intimidating, too. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, for me, the point at which the stage comes alive. In the concert. Yeah, like, really. It really is the yeah. best the best part of it, to be honest with yeah. you. Although I will, like, when you say it's the, the highlight of the concert, visually, yes. I like Rainmaker more. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like this song is so powerful. This is a yeah. very epic song. It is. It's almost like the rhyme of the ancient mariner on live after death. You know what I mean? It's this big yeah. set piece in right in the middle. Like to me, it's like the lead up to this, and then after this, you're kind of, you know, that's like the centerpiece of the show. Yeah, I could see it that way too. Because it's the biggest it's stage crescendo. Set. Yeah, kind of. Although uh, there's one problem. There's What's one that? problem I got with that. What's that. I find like I got so jacked up with Lord of the Flies. Like I, when I was listening to this, I was just like, as soon as Lord of the Flies came on, I was like, just blown away. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah. One thing before we get on to Lord of the so Flies. So it's not like this was the. Well, I know, said this and Lord yeah. of the Flies. I think I said it a few episodes ago. Mm. I said Passchendaele and Lord of the Flies to me is the highlight of the album. Oh, okay, yeah. But to me, if I had to pick one, Passchendaele, because of the yeah. set and the intro, with it's like the bat, like you have like the battle and the poem that he reads and everything, and it just really sets it up. Mm. And it's just like, wow. It's cool. This song live is crazy. So if you're looking at the album and you'll see this song is like 10 minutes and 18 seconds. And on the studio album, it's 8 minutes and 27 seconds. It's not like extended or they don't like to put an extended jam in the middle or anything. It's the sound effects and the poem and the intro that takes up the two minutes. Uh, one thing about this is it happens occasionally. But this is a really good example of it. This is Steve Harris singing backup vocals on this.
I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He steps up to the mic that. and you can hear him singing. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And then they get right into Lord of the Flies. Oh. Love this version. I love it. I love it. He's excellent. But I I, I miss Blaze. But I, I, this yeah. has quickly become one of my favorite Maiden songs. Yeah, like, I love the song. I like Blaze's version better, too. Bruce goes up when he's singing the verse. You know how he sings the first one? And then he goes up an octave. It sounds a little... A little bit awkward, like he's trying to figure out how to sing it. Not figure out how to sing it. I don't know how to describe it. You know when he's like, the power you can feel? Mm-hmm. I miss the way Blaze sings that live. Yeah. He's like, the power you can feel. Yeah. I had a clip here of actually Bruce doing it and then Blaze doing it. And I just love the way Blaze does it better. It's just, uh, this is a Blaze song. It suits Blaze and it's built for Blaze. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just imprinted in my brain as a Blaze song. And that's why it sounds strange to hear Bruce do it. I like the Blaze version better. Just wanna feel like a strong We don't need a code of morality does awesome there is a blaze song yeah. i love when both of them do yeah. it it feels different yeah. when blaze does it yeah it feels different you know, when bruce does it you know what mm-hmm. i've noticed though and it's a reflection back on the paul episode when i hear lord of the flies i think what blaze could have done early on yeah i know there's some early songs just, like remember tomorrow yeah. i'd love to hear blaze sing that yeah it'd be cool i don't know how that will come out but i bet you do a cool job at it because oh, it's man. so moody right yeah the other thing i love in the chorus is Bruce kind of puts his own stamp on it, and he sings it a little different, so you get this. I think that's pretty cool. Bruce does an amazing job. It's just, to me, hearing Bruce do Paul songs and Blaze songs, it's just like kind of, I don't know, I'm so used to the original. To me, this is a Blaze, 100% Blaze song. And like, it seems still, after all this time, as much as I love the Bruce version, I like the Blaze version better. No comparison. Yeah. Well, huge comparison. Both are great. (laughs) Both are great. No more lies. No more time. lies. We we did this recently. I, every time I hear no more lies, we discussed it. Then that acceleration. Yeah, we're, we we talked about that. Weird. Was that I have no idea. It was like a few recent, couple weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah, all the entire solos or something. Maybe you, you picked. A, 
you know, anyway. So that's what it was. I picked it for the guitar solos Maybe. episode. Yeah. And we had a discussion about it. I, people are going to be listening to this back to back to me like, you just talked about it, idiots. Like, that was weeks ago. So. The cold of Watching winter. this video is what turned me into a fan of this song. And this song kicks ass live. The solos are awesome. Like, just check out these solos. But but I don't know. This song live kind of turned me into a fan. The album it. version, I I kind of went into it a few episodes ago about how I kind of was focused so much on the the chorus with the no more lies. You know that part? It's just accelerating. Yeah, but then when you actually like get past that and you listen to the live version, it's just this is awesome. This is a song. Where it was like, to me, it was like six and a half. And the live version, now I think it's like an eight and a half, nine. Man, I'd have to listen back over to know what I gave him. Hallowed Be Thy Name. Yes. So we get Shitty six... song, hated. <laughs> Put it on the bottom of the list. So after six newish, newish songs, yeah. they give you like the ultimate Maiden classic. Yeah. Right? And the one weird thing about the video is they have this blue light on them. And Bruce has these in-ear monitors, and they just, like, glow neon pink, and it's very, like, distracting. It's weird. Yeah. But this is a really good version. I don't really have a lot to say about this, because no. it's a pretty standard version, solid version. Bruce nails it. Everyone nails it. It's a funny to watch it now, because we just saw it live so much, yeah. and it's like, it just feels different. And again, the production on it now is so much more of the stage production. It's so much better. Yeah, with the noose and everything. Yeah. So, but they do a great job. Yeah. Right? No question. They always do an awesome job. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, yeah, they just nail it. But I don't really have a lot to say about it because it's, I don't know, no, it's not that it. different from any other version that they've done. Can't break it down. We both, yeah. it's, it's it's tied. It's up there with my fave song. And then Into Fear of the Dark. Yes. So no other Maiden song has a more of a discrepancy in how much I like it on the album compared to how much I like it live. Oh, on the now. album, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. I was going to say, let me go first. Okay. Because the fear of the dark, when the crowd kicks in. I but live, it. it's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. a, that's the point, yeah. yeah. Um, I think everybody likes it live. It's um, basically built for live. And the studio version is like a pale, pales in comparison. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And when the, there's some crowds that have just leaned into this. But, you know, it's, it's yeah. a funny song. Yannick does some cool guitar yeah. flippy stuff. And, like, he slides the guitar against his leg. And if you watch, you can actually hear what he's playing. Because a lot of times we we kind of joke about like time for them to turn Yannick all the way down in the mix so he can like do whatever with his guitar. But do what he wants. If you watch and see what he's doing with his guitar, you can actually hear what he's playing, and it sounds kind of cool. And the crowd goes crazy. Remember we interviewed Maiden Canada? This was like over a year ago. We had Maiden Canada episode on. sixteen or fifteen or something. Yeah, and they were a Maiden tribute band, 
And they said that this is the song, like, it's the number one fan reaction of everything. Yeah. So, it's a fan favorite. It's awesome. Yeah, that's right. They did, didn't they? Yeah. In the video, there's another thing. Um, I'll play a clip of it. There's Yannick does this little super high pitch bend right before the lyrics start. And what he's doing is he's hitting a harmonic on his guitar. And then he goes behind the nut on the neck and pushes the string down. And it kind of bends it up. No, I knew that. Well, that's what he was doing. <laughs> up by the that. tuning pegs. Yeah. But it's a cool little detail. I always like, you hear that. And then when you see it, you're like, oh, that's how we did it. No, it yeah, it's this sound. You'll recognize it when you hear it. And then in the Iron Maiden, everything. in the Iron Maiden, everything. you know it's coming. This is yes. a pretty good version. Nothing special. Iron Maiden, I haven't heard this before. The Eddie Reaper. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Comes That's up behind cool. the drum set. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. That's nice. Yeah. Takes yeah. it a while to get up, but when it gets up, it's... it's funny how they leave it like... It's it's funny when the Eddie comes in on different shows, eh? Yeah, sometimes they leave it later. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... A, you know, Iron Maiden's got to be on everyone, right? Yeah, you know it's coming. It's no surprise when you see that. Yes. Next song, Journeyman. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, rarely do you see a title, or, or uh, sorry, a track from the studio album in Opening the encore. Opening the encore, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the song for the longest time. I've kind of come around on it. It took me a long time. I think it's the chorus I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. Um, like, he, the way he just sings on, you know, and I'll say what I want and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah, but I love the rest of the song. It's just the chorus kind of. Yeah, know. but that's that's kind of what 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 triggers my mind when yeah. I listen to it. I like it. It's weird too to see the three guitarists with acoustics and Steve Harris on an acoustic bass. It kind of reminds me of when you see Zeppelin. You know, when you look and you yeah. see Zeppelin sitting in their stools with their acoustic guitars. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot that that's also Zeppelin. But like, I don't know. And again, ton of keyboards, no Michael Kenny to be seen. said uh, I like the electric version of this better I think so this song was originally an electric song and then just they were in the studio and I think they rented a bunch of acoustic guitars to do an acoustic version and when they recorded it I think it was maybe it was Kevin Shirley I can't remember said they basically decided the acoustic version is like the version to go for and that's the one that ended up on the album mm. but uh, here's a clip of the electric version
So they come out of that, the acoustic version, live. So they come out of that into Number of the Beast, pretty standard version of Number of the Beast. Yeah. And a Reaper Eddie comes up, but he's walking this time. Mm. I don't know. One thing I always look forward to is when, you know, if we were watching them in Montreal, he'll come out and he'll be like, I'll make Montreal burn. But he doesn't say that on this. He doesn't say, I'll make a Germany burn. No, that was 2000. I was kind of looking forward to it. Do you expect him to kind of say it? Mm. To, but like, you know, I'll make insert venue name here burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't <laughs> do it in this one. And then Number of the Beast, they finish off with Run to the Hills. And yes. I don't care what anyone says. I love Run to the Hills Live. The current tour, they finish off with this. Anyone that complains about the song, I don't get it. I think it's a maiden snobbery thing where it's like, this is popular. I don't like it because it's I go too back popular. and forth. I it's do. the perfect maiden song yeah. to close with. Bruce nails it. It sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can see how people get sick of hearing the studio version, but live, man, when you're there and you see them play it live, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll watch them play this every concert. Every exactly. I do care what people say in Nesbitt, but I basically <laughs> have the same take as you. <laughs> I just have a much thinner skin. <laughs> Bruce nails it. His yeah. vocals on this is awesome. And that's the end of the concert. He did such great work on the clips today. You <laughs> killed yourself there. You killed yourself. Clips are off today. the charts today. They're, they're amaze balls. But, uh, you know, great live album. Great video. Sounds great. And I like that the set list isn't just a rehash of greatest hits. There's a ton of cool songs on there. A lot of energy, a lot of intensity. I mean, if you're going to buy it, like, the documentary is awesome. There's lots of interviews and insight into the songwriting of Dance of Death and the yeah. recording. A lot of cool Kevin Shirley stuff on there, like, explaining about Kevin Shirley and his style. There's cool shots of them, like, actually recording the album inside the studio, mm-hmm. which is really cool. bunch of, like, Nikos, obviously pretty funny all the way through. Some funny Yannick parts. There's a part in the studio he's joking about how he's, like, Kevin Shirley says something about, like, there's not much space in the studio, so no dancing, Yannick. And he's like, no dancing, just fiddling about in the dark with Dave. <laughs> he's making oh, all these, like, jokes. Because, you know, he's like, he's like doodly-doodly-loop yeah. fiddling around on the guitar. Just prancing. Yeah. That's some cool footage of them going through, like, Monsignor at half speed. Yeah. Where they're kind of trying to teach each other the chords and I stuff. Know. But I love, I, like, love all this behind-the-scenes stuff. wouldn't that have been so good live? Yeah. But it's cool to see behind the scenes of a Maiden album, which you don't see very often, behind the scenes yeah. of the writing and the recording. Here's a trivia from yes, the, but quit mailing it in. Here's a, here's a, well, here's a obscu- very obscure trivia fact for everyone. Oh, God. From the bonus features on the bonus disc from the Death on the Road. Yes. Have you ever seen Steve Harris's big thick bass straps? <laughs> Michael Kenny's mom knits those for him. He his mother knits his bass straps. He's Michael Kenny, t- yeah. He's his he's bass his bass tech. tech yeah. And He's not allowed a little square in the court. I think it has to do with him being the base tech, and he's not, you know, he has to always be ready to whatever. Yeah, but, I mean, he's got to be over there, like. Although they did Seven Son of a Seven Son, and I saw them do it in 2012, and he's right up there with his fan, with his Phantom of the Opera mask on playing the keyboards. So, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, solid. It's a, it's a great value because yeah. of all the bonus features. It's hours of bonus features. Two different sound mixes, two versions of the DVD. 
the great the album the great the packaging for the vinyl that we have here like this cover art I haven't seen the gay fold let me see yeah there's a lot of live shots yeah. on the inside nice but this cover art really like really is impressive it's excellent at this size right you know what we, we one complaint that. hold on one complaint about yeah. the album go ahead three years earlier Rock and Rio came out yes and there's a lot of overlap so on Rock of Rio, they play Brave New World, Wrathchild, Trooper, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Hollywood Be Their Names, and Run to the Hills. They play all those songs again on here. But the difference in the set list is enough for me to say, like, this is a worthy, like, addition to anyone's live Maiden things. I'd That's go, right. I'd get, I'd get Rock and Rio first. I'd get Live After Death first. But this one's up there with, like, the live albums. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you say that because when I listen to this, I'm like, well, this is quite a bit different than the live chapter and in vivo. It sounds, and it seems very death. different as you're watching it. Yeah, but you're right. I guess maybe they just got exhausted on a few tracks. It's just, it's the way it's sequenced. I think you don't really notice how much overlap until you actually yeah. look and compare. And in the context of where we've reviewed this in the last couple of months, Bruce sounds great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was listening for that. I was like, what's his vocal style is going to be? Yeah. Um, Post-reunion Bruce, man, he's like he's on excellent. another level. And he's, he's on another level. Just nailing it. Nailing it. Crushing it. Yeah. So, thumbs up for me. Thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah. And what about the bear? Mad Tom? I was Smiling Tom? <laughs> this Mad Tom IPA. It's excellent. Yeah. We drink it all the time. It's like a standard for us. So. It's lovely. I was shocked that we hadn't done it yet. I thought we might have done it, like, really early on. I know. If you guys have an opinion on what live album we should do yeah. next, because eventually we're going to do all the live albums. I want to do a live chapter soon. Oh, yeah? The Book of Souls one? Yeah. All right, why don't we just do that one next? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just miss the Book of Souls. I don't listen to it as much. Yeah. Like, Book of Souls, I haven't listened to that all the way through and. Yeah, I'm still I'm still hooked on Gog Magog. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, talkingmaiden.com. On Twitter at talkingmaiden. Yeah, on email. It's on talkingmaiden at gmail.com. Uh, whatever yeah. it is, but if you want to leave an audio message, talkingmaiden.com/talk. Right. If you want to so if you have a comment or a question, we'll probably play you on the yeah podcast. So uh, uh, yeah, another live album. Another there one up. Talkingmaiden.com. Until next time, up the irons and down the hops. 